0: resurrected Lord, to know he's God and he never changes. Amen. That he's always present for us and for our needs. Amen. Truly, truly a pr- privilege to be here tonight. We're Just looking to the Lord to speak to us through the Word of God. Amen. Today, I have a little something different as we, uh, just before we minister today I have something very very special at this moment I want to send out a happy birthday greetings to a special friend of mine brother Dan Dyer it's his birthday tomorrow brother Dan um, sister Judy are very special friends to sister Karen and me I met brother Dan back in the late um, 80s early 90s some 30 years ago anyway and he's been a mentor to me, a big brother when I needed one, a shoulder to lean on when I needed one. Furthermore, they've adopted my children and my grandchildren. And so we want to send our, out our love to him today and wish him a wonderful happy birthday tomorrow. They're streaming in and the service, as I understand, maybe a good bit of Happy Valley, maybe tonight, at least some from there as they're. Shut down the service to redo the asphalt there. So God bless you, those of you that are streaming in. We're going to sing uh, that song of Happy Birthday to you as we um, wish Brother Dan a happy birthday. As we get ready for that today, also is Brother Brother Ed Biskel's 85th birthday, and Brother Bisco, again has been a real soldier of the gospel, and and we love him a whole lot and really appreciate him and his ministry if you've never uh, watched the film i am a witness well you know uh, i think we're going to get an updated version of that sooner or later but uh, nevertheless um you know he's he's been a blessing a, a real true servant of god so we're going to wish them both a happy birthday as we sing this today amen a happy birthday to you a happy birthday God bless you, Brother Dan, Brother Biscoe, if you'd hear this, God bless you, amen, amen. We love you very, very much, amen. We're going to turn to the book of Psalms tonight and and read from Psalms 105 and verse 36. We're going to keep along the theme that we've been speaking on Sunday, I am the Lord that heals you. And we're getting ready for our great um, annual meetings. I'm sure the Lord will speak to us um, in some very positive and powerful way. And we just want to prepare our hearts for that. Amen. And we um, trust the Lord will, will, will of course, uh, bring healing tonight, deliverance tonight. But also in the meetings ahead, we're expecting great things as uh, we... We anticipate what the Lord will do. Amen. How many believes he'll move tonight? Amen. That's because he's God and he cares for us. Amen. God bless you. Also, looking back over there, Brother Jerome just had a birthday, 77 years old. Brother Jerome Butts, been one of our deacons here for years. And God bless you, Brother Jerome. Why don't you give him a hand clap? I'll tell you, we appreciate, we appreciate Brother Jerome. God bless you. Amen. You just take that birthday song for you too, the drum. Amen. All of you with the October birthdays, just include everybody. <laughs> Amen. Now I really feel political. <laughs> Alright. Psalms 105 verse 36. He smote also all the firstborn in their land, the chief of all their strength. And he brought them forth also with silver and gold, and it was not one feeble person among their tribes. God bless you. you. can be seated. We're going to be speaking tonight on returning to know the God of the Bible. We've been speaking on the people of the book have returned to the land of the book. And so we're going to carry that thought along tonight of returning to know the God of the Bible. Now, Israel... Israel, in their exodus, when they left Egypt, they left without one feeble person among their tribes. And God supernaturally healed them all. And from the, from the little granny on her deathbed to the crippled child on his crutches, there was not one feeble person uh, among their tribes. That's what the Bible says. How many believe the Bible? Amen. Well, what a, what a perfect, this thing is saying amen way too much. <laughs> Making up for you. Amen. What a, what a perfect reflection, though, of God's end-timed exodus. Not one bride member will be left here sick, decrepit, crippled, old, or feeble. Amen. What a plan that is that God has. This is Supernatural. And, it, and this supernatural God sent them a prophet vindicated by a pillar of fire, giving them two signs: one on the, on, in the hand, and the other uh, with binding the serpent with the miracle of the rod, and the miracle of then of turning the uh, Egypt's water into blood, and the frogs, the lice, the darkness, and finally the death of the firstborn of Egypt. God went to the extreme to get them to believe. Amen. That's one thing God wants to do is inspire faith in his people. He loves it when his people believe him. Amen. Because the Bible said, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But Israel was a people who had been steeped in unbelief and their God Jehovah had to be raised up from being just a historical God to a present day God. And, and so in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 13, I would like to refer to the scripture as we start tonight and kind of lay our foundation. But Exodus chapter 3 and verse 13 And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name, and what shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am uh, hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The the Lord God, Jehovah Elohim of your fathers, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me unto you, and this is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Now, so again, they, as Moses would say to, to God, they will say, what is this God's name? From this, we can suppose that the Israelis there had been an idolatrous nation, and, um, and, you know, and they even had maybe an idolatrous notion of the supreme being. After being slaves now for 400 years, They probably drank deep into uh, Egyptian superstitions, and they had many gods and many lords, and Moses conjectured that hearing of all of the um, uh, supernatural deliverances, they would inquire as to what God is it that's going to deliver them? You know, after all, now they're, they're um, been introduced to many gods, the gods of the Nile, the gods of, of, of bugs, the gods of, of cattle, the gods of all kinds of gods. And, and so, you know, Moses no doubt was right as he, as he kind of supposed, they're going to ask me, what God is this? Yeah, right. and, but here he comes and he said, he makes known his name, And he says, I am that I am. You see, this name met all the requirements of Moses involving a twofold pledge of accomplishment, the pledges of ancient benefits and also of a new, new manifestations. And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And and he said, thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto thee. So we can see this name signifies the real being of God, his self-existence, and that he is the being of beings. Yes. Amen. And it denotes his eternity and his, and, and his uh, immutability and his constancy and his faithfulness in fulfilling his promises. It, it includes all time, past, present, and to come. And the sense is, not only I am what I am at present, but I am what I have been. And I am what I shall be. And shall be what I am. Hallelujah. So as we look in Exodus 6 and 1, we'll read again about what the Lord said to Moses. Now thou shalt see what I shall do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go. And with a strong hand shall he drive them out of this of his land. And God said to him, spake to Moses, and said unto him, I am the Lord. Yes. And I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty. That is El said I. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. So God was wanting to make Himself known in in a greater revelation even than what they had known him by that name in ages past and so he says i am that i am that is i am what i am though these words express absolute and therefore unchanging eternal being the name which Moses was commissioned to use was at once new and it was old. Get me another mic. Old in its, in its connection with previous revelations as given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, new in its full interpretation. So all we have to look back and uh, do is look back and we can see what God was and we will know what he is. Amen. Because he is the I am. And as the I am, he connects us instantly with the past. Because as the I am, he is declaring, I am all that I have been, and I am what I will be. Hallelujah. So he he that is, and was, and is to come, it it explains his name, Jehovah, and it signifies first that he is self-existent. And that he has his being of himself and he has no dependence on any other. And being self-sufficient, he cannot cannot be self-sufficient and and therefore all-sufficient. And the inexhaustible fountain of blessedness. So you can see he is the eternal, unchangeable, the same yesterday, today, and forever forever. Amen. For what words, for the words are with equal properties are rendered. I will be what I am, or I, or what I am, what I will be, and I will be what I will be. I don't know if you got anything out of that except a change of microphones, but this thing's still amen in me. But anyway, nevertheless, showing that he is eternal. He is unchangeable, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. These words are with equal properties. Amen. I will be what I am, and I am what I will be, or I will be what I will be. Hallelujah. Amen. This is not the idea of an inactive, abstract existence but the active manifestation of existence. I am, I am that I am. I am what I was, I am what I will be, and I am present right now, the present God for you, for your situation. All you have to do to know who I am is look in the past because what I was, I will be today, and what I am today, I'll be tomorrow. Because I am that I am, the Almighty. This signifies the real being of God, his self-existence, and that he is the being of beings. Amen. It denotes his eternity, his immutability, his constant, his, his faithfulness in fulfilling his promise. It includes all time, past, present, and to come, and the sense is not only I am what I am at present, but I am what I have been, and I am what I shall be, and I shall be what I am. Aren't you glad to be serving the I am, present tense God, not a God of history, amen, but a God of the present, amen. Certainly he is a God of history, but he's not just a God of history. Now, God's attitude towards the people from Eden until now is wrapped up in his redemptive names. Now, we can I want to talk about just for a few minutes. We won't stay long on this, but I want to talk about the compound names of God in the Old Testament. In Genesis 2 and 4, if you want to write some of these scripture references down, you can look at them later, but in Genesis two and four, it shows him Jehovah Elohim, the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, the Lord our Creator. So he's first known as Jehovah Elohim, and Genesis fourteen twenty two is Jehovah El Elyon, the Lord Most High God. Amen. The owner, the possessor of heaven and earth. Yeah. Hallelujah. This is, this is Jehovah. Yeah. Right? Amen. The possessor of heaven and earth. In Genesis 15 and 2, he is, he is known as Jehovah Adonai, which is the Lord, the master. In Genesis twenty-one thirty-three, he is known as Jehovah El, Elohim or Elohim. L-M, the Lord, the everlasting, or the eternal God. In Genesis twenty two fourteen 14, he is known as Jehovah Jireh. All of these are compound names of Jehovah, the Lord, the provider. Amen. For, for he says in Exodus 15, 26, he makes himself known as Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord, the healer. For he says, I am the Lord that healeth all of thy diseases. Amen. That healeth thee. And in Exodus 17, 15, he is known as Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, the banner, or the miracle. Amen. This is the miracle working God. Amen. The Lord, the banner. You remember it was there. Let me just briefly just speak about this one. In Exodus 17, 12, it tells about that Moses' hands were heavy as they were fighting a great battle against the enemy. And his hands got heavy. And as his hands would drop down, the people would begin losing the battle against the enemy. So Aaron and Hur took a hold of his hands and held them up until the going down of the sun. Amen. They stood on each side of him holding it up. Now, but let me tell you, there were no men that stood by Jehovah when he was made flesh. Instead, there were two nails that held his hands up until the battle was won. And he said, it is finished. He is our banner. He's our sign that we can look to him tonight that his hands are held up over your sickness and over your sins, over every disease. And he had declared the battle has been won. It is finished. Hallelujah, because he is the Lord, our banner. Amen. All we have to do is look to the cross where his hands are held high, victorious over sin, darkness, disease, and sickness. It is Exodus 31, 13, where he's known as Jehovah Makadeshkim, the Lord our sanctification. Amen. It would be in Judges 6:24, he is known as Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. In Judges eleven, twenty-seven, he is known as Jehovah Shaphat, the, the Lord, the judge. In 1 Samuel 1 and 3, he is Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, or meaning the Lord of armies. Amen. Oh, my, there's a host that he leads against sin, against unbelief, against demon powers. Are you with me? Amen. In Jeremiah 23 and verse 6, he is known as Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. In, in Psalms 23 and 1, he is Jehovah Raha, the, the Lord, the shepherd. Amen. In, in Psalms 7, verse 17, he is Jehovah Elion, the Lord, the blesser. Amen. In Psalms 95, he is Jehovah Hoshanu, the Lord, the maker. In Isaiah 43 and 13, he is Jehovah Gibor. The Lord, the Mighty One, Amen. In Isaiah twelve, and also twenty-six and four, He is called Jehovah, the Lord Jehovah. In Ezekiel forty-eight and verse thirty-five, and this is going to be the final one that I that I pick out of the Old Testament. And, and I know you just thought there were only seven compound names of Jehovah, but actually, he's identified himself as all of these attributes. Are you with me? And the last one that I want to refer to is Ezekiel 48:35, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord, the ever-present. How many believe he's Jehovah Shammah tonight? That means he's the present tense God? But he's also present here for you tonight. Amen. 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 But of all of this, of all of this, we turn the page from an old covenant to a new covenant. And there's only one compound name of God in the New Testament. One compound name of God in the New Testament. In Hebrew, is Jehovah, Jehoshua, Mashiach. In the Greek, it would be Kyrios, Iesus, Christo. In English, it's Lord Jesus Christ. Now, so you see, his name is Joshua, which is, we, we pronounce it Joshua, Yeshua which means Yahweh is salvation. Amen. Now, Jesus is the Greek form of Joshua. And, and of course, in our King James, we, we use the, the Greek form of Jesus, which we Englishize as Jesus, because, as I said, for the Greek, is Iesus. But you see, the name of Jesus is that Greek form, and they would, they would put that in the New Testament and, and use that. Name in that manner, not to, so you wouldn't get confused with the Joshua of the Old Testament. Because that name Joshua means Jehovah the Savior. Now, that, that name, the name of Jesus, is the sum total of all that Jehovah was in the Old Testament. For the Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. And Jesus is the sum of every title of Jehovah. Amen. Because all the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in him. Right? So he is the Lord, our creator, the Lord, Most High, the owner, the Lord, the master, the Lord, the eternal one, the Lord, the provider the Lord, the healer, the Lord, the banner, our miracle, the Lord, our sanctification, the Lord, our peace, the Lord, our judge, the Lord of hosts, the Lord, our righteousness, the Lord, the shepherd, the Lord, the blesser, the Lord, the maker, the Lord, the mighty, the Lord, the Jehovah, the Lord ever-present. Hallelujah, that's who Jesus is. He encapsulates every one of these in Christ. Glory. Jehovah who came to save. Now, we've been through all of this because we're going to be talking about healing. And God's attitude toward his people from Eden unto now is wrapped up in these redemptive names. And I love this. There's only one compound name of God in the New Testament, Lord Jesus Christ. You say it in Hebrew, Jehovah, Yeshua, Mashiach, or say it in Greek, Kyrios, uh, Iesus, Christo. Say it in English, Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one compound redemptive name of God in all of the New Testament. Jesus is the highest name of God ever revealed to mankind. You will never get first base until until you believe in the supreme deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the supreme revelation of God today that there's no other name of God that has ever been so full of God's glory. Thus revealing his nature to humanity as much as the name of Jesus No matter how much he expressed it himself as El Shaddai or Melchizedek or Elohim or Jehovah of the Old Testament, Jesus literally means Jehovah salvation. It is the fullness of the revelation of God as Redeemer. It lies, all lies within that name. His name encompasses all of the former revelations of God. Let me tell you tonight, he is Melchizedek. He is El Shaddai. Amen. He is Jehovah Jireh. Amen. He is Jehovah Nishi. He is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Amen. Everything is encapsulated in that one name, Jesus. The name of Jesus is the highest of all names. There's not a greater revelation of God than in Jesus. And from him comes every other revelation. The name Jesus encapsulates all the character and the identity of God, since the name Jehovah is included in the name Jesus. It is simply another manner of extending the revelation of himself, just as he did in the Old Testament by calling himself Jehovah Provider. Or Jehovah healer. Just as Moses saw the characteristics of God that Abraham didn't see, that being deliverance, all the New Testament saints have seen a characteristics of God that was never fully revealed to the Old Testament, and that was salvation. Come on. Amen. You know, the Israel the, in the Old Testament, they knew of a God that healed, but they didn't know of a God that saved. There was no salvation from sin in the Old Testament. Come on, there was only an atonement of blood, but no salvation from sin. The only salvation comes by the blood of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And so since salvation is the greatest revelation ever given to man, the name of Jesus, amen, is the highest ever given because it's Jehovah himself coming to save. And without him, there can be no salvation. That's why Paul would say in Philippians 2 and 9, wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Come on, somebody. Amen. If you, you, know, if you wonder about that, about the name of Jesus being the greatest and the highest name, let me tell you, this is what the Bible teaches Amen, that God that he gave him a name which is above every name. Amen, above every name. Melchizedek, Jehovah Nishi, Jehovah Rapha, El Shaddai. The name of Jesus is higher than any other revelation of God where he became your Savior to save you from sin and heal you from your sickness. I want you to know that healing is a part of the atonement. If there is no divine healing, there is no salvation. Amen. Divine healing is by blood, by the atonement, by the stripes, by Calvary. And salvation is also by the blood, by his stripes. By his stripes you are healed, whether it's physically or whether it's spiritually. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Paul said that Jesus is the name above every name, including the other name, every other name God had previously revealed of himself. And if Jesus is not God's name, then we have a person who possesses a name greater than God's own name. So the conclusion must be that Jesus is God's name. Come on. He was a characteristics Of the name of God revealed in human flesh Jesus is the highest revelation of God I'm driving home a point because we're going to make something clear whatever Jesus' attitude was back then as the I am God is what he is today because he don't change because he is the same an unchangeable high priest that cannot go on his word that has to be present now, healer now, deliverer now, savior now. Hallelujah. Acts 4 and verse 10, be it known unto you all and to the people of Israel, all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him that this man stand here whole, before you hold this is the stone which was set at naught of your builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. Amen. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. Amen. That's why every person in the whole New Testament was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, in John chapter 20, verse 31, but these things are written that you might believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believe that believing you might have life through His name. Come on, there's no salvation in any other name than His name. Life only comes to the name of Jesus. Healing only comes through the name of Jesus. Salvation only comes through the name of Jesus. All the other former revelations of God will not save you from sin and no other name will cast out devils. Amen. Call on any other name you want to. Call on Melchizedek, El Shaddai, any other name you want to. There's only one name that will cast out devils. That's the name of Jesus. There's only healing in one name. That's when Jehovah became a Savior. Are you with me now? Now, of course, you know, there's a cult today that says you got to, must say the name correctly as they, just as they do it in Hebrew. And I'm not so sure how you know how to say it right after thousands of years. They want to say that you're not to pray in the name of Jesus, but using the name Yeshua. Brother Branham called this movement a cult. He just plain out said this is a cult. He illustrated using three different languages which which he used to say thank you. And and he would use um, Finnish and then he would use South African and then he would use English. And he said, all right, it's the same thing. It's just in a different language. All right? Amen. One of them was ketos and another, another was uh, buy a donkey. How would you like that for thank you? Buy a donkey. Brother Harold Hildebrandt would always, when we was in Africa, he would always say to me, buy a donkey. And I'd say, buy two of them while we're at it. I need one too. But anyway, you know, uh, you know, using three different languages, he would use that to say thank you and, and said it means the same in every language. Whether you're saying buy a donkey or whether you're saying thank you, it means the same in every language. And then he said if we're required to use a, the Hebrew name to be valid, then we must use Hebrew for everything. But the name of Jesus has been used to cast out thousands, if not millions, of demons. And millions have been saved and healed using the name Jesus. And millions have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. Now since Jesus was the sum total of all Jehovah was, all we have to do is look at what Jesus did he went about showing the attitude of God concerning the sick. Is somebody with me? Yeah, now, we're going to look at this tonight because as I said, summed up in the name Jesus is a revelation of the will of God. Jesus did the will of God. What did, how did he do it? He healed all that came to him. Amen. 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 Everything Jesus did for needy humanity during his earthly ministry was a direct revelation of the perfect will of God for the human race. I'm just going to tell you, God made provisions for you if you're sick, for you to be healed. And there ain't no reason for any of us to live below our God-given privileges when we got a name that is so great that demons tremble at that name. Amen. Matthew 4 and verse 23, we're going to look at here what Jesus did. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all, the sick, all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they were brought unto brought him all sick people that were taken with divers' diseases and torments. And those that were possessed with devils and those who were a lunatic and those who had the palsy, that means they were paralyzed. And he healed them. Amen. And he healed them. You see, now this is what Jesus did. Jesus came to disrupt Satan's kingdom. And everywhere Satan had dominion in his subjects, he threw him out. Whether they were lunatic, come on, whether they were paralyzed, or whether he was possessed with devil's diseases, tormented, amen, Jesus healed them all. I'd say say whatever he did then is what he does now. If he's the I am God, he still does the same. Now, God's purpose in sending the Holy Spirit was so that God himself might dwell in his church and continue his plans through his church. You see, um, first God was in Christ, continuing his plans through Christ. As As we showed you, God of the Old Testament And all of his redemptive titles. Now he continues his plan right on in the New Testament. In the New Testament title of God, which is Jesus, Jehovah, Savior. Notice, but now it was first God in Christ continuing his plans through Christ. Second, God sent the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Ghost, to continue his work. Through the church. Now let's just see it just for a minute. Old Testament, come on. Amen. God comes in Christ and continues his plan through Christ. Amen. New Testament, amen. He sends the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Ghost, to continue his work through the church. This is how he's going to be with you Always to the end of the world. Amen. Because he's going to be not only with you, but he's going to go in you. Amen. That's a whole lot different from the Old Testament. They could have a God with them at times, but you can have a God with you and in you all the time. Now, now, when we think back in the Old Testament and going into the land, we remember it was Joshua who would lead them into the land of promise. Jesus would be our Joshua, our Yeshua, that would lead us into our land of promise, which is the Holy Ghost. That was his whole thing, his whole purpose of coming to earth was to impart to you his own spirit. Remember in the Old Testament, the lamb could not impart to you its spirit and its innocency. So therefore, man went right on sinning with his own sinful nature, but not so in the New Testament. God has designed it where that your sacrifice imparts his own spirit, thus his own nature, into you, giving you an overcoming power in your life. Somebody with me? So Joshua in the the Hebrew means Savior, and and it represents the end-time leader who is to take the church over into their full inheritance. On the other hand, Caleb would type the true believer who stayed with Joshua. And they they will do the works of God, for it is Christ in them continuing his word to fulfill. As he did not complete all in his days, Uh, when he was here, for it was not time yet. So God wanted to continue his work right down to 2019. Amen. What he did not complete in Christ, he wanted to complete in you. Hallelujah. Now, Brother Brandon would say it like this and what the Holy Ghost is given for. He said, all that God was, he poured into Christ. Because he emptied himself and poured it into Christ. And Christ was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All that Jehovah was, he poured into Christ. And all that Christ was, he poured into the church. Not into one individual, but into the entire body. There where we come together in unity, we have power. All that God was, was in Christ. And all that Christ was, is in you. Hallelujah. Now, we're just going to look this up and see if this isn't true by the Bible. What spirit do you have? Who is the Holy Spirit? What is it you have been filled with? Let's go to Romans 8 and verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, it's none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So now what does he tell you? It's the spirit of Christ dwelling in you. Now I want you to look again in in, uh, in Galatians 4 and 6. And because you are sons, how many are sons tonight? God has sent forth the spirit of his son. Say his son. Into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Amen? Now, let's look again. Our salvation is even supplied through the spirit of Jesus. Philippians 1 and 119 For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So we see here, he supplies all things by the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, what is it? Again, the life of your sacrifice coming into you. The life, the nature, the Spirit of your sacrifice coming into you. Are you with me? Now, I want you to understand also that this was preached in the Old Testament. It was, this this salvation was preached by the Spirit of Christ in the Old Testament, 1 Peter 1 and 10. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Now, so the prophets prophesied of the grace, the favor that would come to you. Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So it was the spirit of Christ that was in them speaking out of their lives. Amen. 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 Now then I wanna now then we know then who the Holy Ghost is. It's the Spirit of Jesus. Amen. Now, if you've got the spirit of Jesus, you're going to have the same attitude. Amen. The same belief. Come on, somebody. In fact, you live not by your own faith, but by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. Amen. Come on. As children of God, we have his faith. Glory to God. Now, I want you to think of this as we look in John 20, 21. Then Jesus said unto them, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me. Now, how did the Father send him? The, Jesus said, It's not me, the man, the flesh, that is doing this work. My humanity can't do this. But he said, It's my Father that dwelleth in me. He's the one doing the work. Amen? Now, so you see, how did the Father send him? The one that sent him went in him. This is why Jesus said, when you see me, you see my Father. Because he was the manifestation of the Father's will. All right. So he said, as my Father has sent me, so send I you. So if he's going to send us like the Father sent him, then the spirit of Jesus is going to live in our lives just like it lived in him. Now remember, in a multiplied body, not one individual. All right? And when he had said this, I love this, he breathed on them and he said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. I want you to get where it's going to come from. The Holy Ghost is going to come from the very breath of Jesus, the breath of God. Now, remember, this is from the very beginning. You remember, Adam was born of the breath of God. He breathed into him, into his nostrils, and he became a living soul. This is how your soul becomes alive, is when Jesus comes into you. Amen? Amen. Now, Brother Branham would say in blasphemia's name, the church is a mystical body of Christ born of the breath of God. Ooh, did you get it? The church of God is born of the breath of God. God breathed the breath into his nostrils spiritually of Adam and he became a living soul. You, You know, the true Pentecostal church is born of the breath of God. Hallelujah. Now, Turn into Acts chapter 2 and verse 2. We're going to see where the breath he breathed became a wind. Hallelujah. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Here was a church that began to operate who was made alive by the coming of the breath of God. Here the Holy Spirit entered into them and they breathed the breath of God. Now out of them came life. Come on. Amen. And so he he would, you know, from there they would walk out to the gate called Beautiful and they would say, silver and gold have I none but such as I have, I give it. They had now something to give. And because they had the breath of God, because they had the spirit of God, they had something from that spirit to give. And that was healing to a man that had been sitting there for years and years and years and years waiting on this moment when the church came alive. Because the moment that the church came alive, it meant she started tearing Satan's kingdom down. She went out from there healing the sick, casting out devils, preaching deliverance, bringing salvation. Somebody help me preach. Baptizing those that believe. Every one of them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus would commission. We, 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 we see himself that he went forth healing the sick. Then he would, con- he would, he would commission um, his disciples, send them forth healing the sick. Then he would commission the 70 and send them forth, healing the sick, casting out devils. Somebody help me preach. Casting out devils is healing the sick. Is that right? Sickness is a devil. It didn't come from God. It's a devil. And we as a church have been commissioned to cast him out. All right, Mark 16 and verse 20, and they went forth. Now I want you to see How they go forth. They went forth. Here's a church that is born of the breath of God. Preached everywhere. Oh my, they didn't just play tapes. They preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Hallelujah. You see, it wasn't a word only gospel. It wasn't a bunch of theology only. It was the Word preached in power. And the Lord went with them confirming the Word with signs following. Let's go to Acts chapter 5 and verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Amen. In, in Acts 14 and 1, it came to pass in Iconium that they went, for, went both together into the synagogue of the Jews and so spake that a great multitude, both of Jews and also Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil-affected against the brethren. Now, I want you to get this. Let me read it from the Amplified. Long time, therefore, abode day, speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hand. That was verse 3 I was reading. So you see, again, as they stayed on, verse verse, uh, 3, Paul and Barnabas stayed there for a long time, speaking freely and boldly in the Lord, who continued to bear testimony to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be performed by their hands. I'm just trying to show you the very thing that was in Jesus continues right on in the church. Come on. Amen. Let's go to Romans 15 and verse 18 and let's... Let's hear the apostle Paul. He says, For I will not dare to speak of those things which Christ has not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedience by word and deed through, through many signs and wonders. By the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Il I, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Notice uh, verse 19 would say it this way, you know, my preaching has been accompanied with power, signs, and wonders, and all of it by the power of the Holy Spirit. In First Corinthians 2 and 4, he would explain, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let me read it from the Amplified. My language and my message was not set forth in persuasive, enticing, and plausible words of wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power, a proof by the Spirit and power of God operating on me and stirring in the minds of the hearer the most holy emotion, and thus, Persuading him. And so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, human philosophy, but in the power of God. Amen. This is where God wants your faith to anchor is in his power. Amen. Now, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3. He said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? which at the first began to be speaking by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard it, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and divers, miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Amen. Again, the Amplified said it like this, besides this evidence, besides the evidence of of the Lord coming speaking and and it being confirmed by them that heard it is also established and plainly endorsed by God who showed his approval by signs and wonders and various miraculous manifestations of his power and by imparting gifts of the Holy Spirit to the believers according to his own will. I say, what a mighty God. And what a mighty church. Church which is his body. Amen. Amen. Brother Branham would say in the message influence, he said, as you're lining yourself up over here, I wonder how many in this congregation is thoroughly convinced with all your heart that you believe it's God's will to heal them people? Certainly, sure it is. Certainly, it's God's will to heal them. One thing we want to establish tonight and, and, and as we minister on this, it is God's will for you to be healed. You don't have to wait on a special revelation from God. The word is full of it. And Jesus is the direct revelation of God. And all we have to do is look and see what he did and we know from that what his will is. His will is that no no one should perish. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. Now, Brother Brandon said, now, how do they get healed? Now, if he was here himself, he could do no more than what he's done right now. In other words, what he did at Calvary is all sufficient. He don't have to come from glory. He don't have to do another thing. Amen. It's all in the atonement just what he's done now that's what he would do because he's the same yesterday today and forever so he said how many knows st john 5:19 said the son of man, son can do nothing himself how, do, how many knows that but what he sees the father do it do it the son then jesus never performed one miracle until the father showed him by vision what to do that's his own word. If that isn't so, we're all lost. We don't know where we're at. There you are. See, his words are infallible. So, you know, Jesus showed in the, in the Scripture here that it's God's will to heal the sick because he said, whatever I see the Father do, that's what I do. Come on, somebody. So we can look back in the Old Testament and we can see what he did there. And know if he did it there, his attitude is the same because he's the unchangeable high priest. Amen. Amen. Now, this doesn't mean we can't know the will of God or have divine healing if we don't have a vision because Brother Branham was thinking about that one time. He said, you know, there's a man that had, had gotten harmed, hurt, and was dying. His liver and spleen was crushed, and he was in a serious condition, and he thought... You know, if I could just have a vision, I would know, you know, what God, what, what to do and, and how to pray. And then and he said, but you know, if I just go in there and lay my hands on him, you know, look at me. I, I'm a sinner to begin with. I was born in sin. And yeah, the grace of God has covered me and, and, and all of that. But yet, you know, these are unworthy hands to put on him. But then he said, I begin to think I am his representative then God doesn't see me. That the blood of that righteous one lays up there on the altar and it makes intercession for me. And he is my sufficiency. He's my prayer. He's my life. I said the only thing that made me put my hands on him with faith was because I had faith in the vision. And without the vision, the same faith would do the same thing so I can reckon, I reckon myself nothing but reckon him my all in all. He is my life, my commissioner. No denomination sent me. He, he sent me hallelujah. I go in his name. I go lay hands on him. I walk down there and lay hands on the boy and that night he was in the meeting solid well. Amen. 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 No waiting on a vision. Right. 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 Amen. Just obeying the word. Now, listen, God's attitude is the same. You know, F.F. Bilesworth would say, I have 600 scriptures that shows that Christ's same attitude toward the sick today is just as it was when he was here on the earth in a human body. Same attitude. In the message of Hebrews, Brother Brandon would say, immutability, the unchangeable, God cannot change. He can never change his attitude." God forgive one sinner, one prostitute. He can never change his word or his attitude. The immutability, the unchanging of God's word. God said in one place, I am the Lord that heals all thy diseases. He has to stay with it, for he's infinite. He knowed, he knowed to the end, the end from the beginning. Now I can say, I'll do this. And the Bible said, we ought to say, if the Lord is willing. Because I'm mortal. I don't know. Sometimes I have to take my word back. But God can't take his word back. He is God. And he only requested one thing, if thou canst believe. If thou canst, you can believe all things are possible. If thou canst believe, that's all. If you, if you can, there's the question. But it's not the question on God's word. Because his immutability, he cannot change. So, the question is not on God. The question comes back on us. Amen. 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 Now, let's look at Numbers 23 and verse 19. Let's, let's look at this principle of God God is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it, or hath he spoken? And shall not make it, and he shall not, he make it good. So you see, here he's really, really clear. God's not a man that he should lie. God gives a promise in his word and said, I'm the Lord God that healeth thy diseases. Amen. Amen. God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should go back on his word and repent. Amen. But he is, has had he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? So we have no right to disbelieve God. We have no right to question his will. It is his will to deliver his people. Amen. Malachi 3 and 6. I am the Lord. I change not. First Samuel 15, 29. Also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Revelation 1 and 8 says, I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, And which is to come? The Almighty. So he's which is, that's today, which was, that's yesterday, and which is to come forever. That's who Jesus is. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want you to think of this. Look what God did for us. He became one of us. He would actually come, according to the Bible. You know, like Isaiah 9 and 6 would say, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. And that word Mighty God, again, is the El Gibor, which is the mighty warrior God. And what he did as a warrior God, he came to take on human battles. So everywhere that he came, he cast out the torment. He would raise the dead. He would heal the sick. He would do all this. What was he doing? Taking on human battles. Finally, he goes to the cross. Amen. To take on your personal battle. Hallelujah. To pay for your sins. To take your blame upon himself. Amen. To take the weapons you ought to got. Come on, somebody. The chastisement of our peace was on him. The weapons we should have got, he took for you. Glory right. to God, don't you have that? Ought to make you shout tonight. Amen. You don't have to take any weapons. Amen. The devil has no right to torment you, to whip you, and to enslave you. Come on, somebody. Amen. No, sir. He bore your healing. He paid them with his stripes. Amen. And by those stripes, you are healed, yeah. delivered, yeah. free from bondage. Yeah. You see, he comes down to take on human battles. He comes by the virgin birth conceived by a virgin, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. Now, we you know, we don't believe God was half human and half God or Jesus was half human, half God, no. It was a body God created. And we don't believe that God, you know, impregnated a woman like that either. We believe that God took the, by creation, put both the sperm and the egg. It was all of God. In all reality, this was Mary was the incubator, not really his mother. She was only a surrogate that held the very creative word of God, and God created a blood cell, and came and dwelled in it. Hallelujah! This is why, this is why, brother. When this one comes, he's called Emmanuel. His name should be called Emmanuel because it'll be God with us. Amen. Now, God Himself came down into a blood cell and wrapped the blood around Him. The blood cell, the germ of life of God Himself wrapped in this blood cell that brought forth His Son, Christ Jesus. Now, what He does by that to make you perfect and to bring you back into fellowship. He brings you back through that blood cell into himself. Now let's, let's get our understanding. You see the church is the blood by the spirit because, because again when we're born of the blood of God we are born of the life that was released from the blood cell. So therefore on the day of Pentecost the blood cell had broken open and released the spirit of God and we are born by of the blood, which is the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? Now, so through the blood, the blood cell of the Lord Jesus that unveiled the life of Jehovah, and we come into the blood cell, we become a part of that life. And this is what happened on the day of Pentecost that the church was born of God. And when we return to the land of promise, we return to the same Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost So that deity itself lays in the man that received the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You are a son. Brother Branham would say, I'm a Branham by birth. I say, I'm a Pruitt by birth. And a part of Mr. and Miss Branham, he said, is in me. And a part of Mr. and Mrs. Pruitt was in me. But if you become a son or daughter of God, part of deity lays in you. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Let's get back to it. You know, every seed must bring forth of its kind. This is a law from Genesis. Kind after kind. Kind after kind. Amen. A dog brings forth dogs. Cats bring forth more cats. Humans bring forth more humans. But when God gives birth, he gives birth to another God. Hallelujah. Amen. Part of deity lays in you. Yes. Beloved, you are the sons of God. Yet you, don't, you know not what you shall be, but when you know this. When you see him, you will be like him, Amen. for you'll see him as he is. But he said, see how the devil robs you. Oh, you can't do this. All things are possible to them that believe. Right. We always say all things are possible with God. That's, the Bible says all things are possible with you. Is that right? You're a part of deity, a son or daughter, not a servant. And I'm going to tell you, we got to get rid of the slave mentality. Amen. Slavery is behind us. We have left Egypt and we're going in an exodus, coming into our promised land, and we're not here to be slaves. We are here to be sons and daughters of God and possess every promise of God. Hallelujah. Why, brother, it surpasses all angels, archangels, everything else. It comes right in the presence of the potter himself. And how are we brought to the blood? Amen. Then you, become, then you come into deity, you become a part, you are welded in. Let's think of God folding around him now. Let me share this little quotation. We're going to enlarge it billions of times from this blood cell. And there God in this blood cell folded himself up and wrapped himself in this blood cell and came to redeem man to life. Hallelujah. Then there when that blood cell spread out and spread out and brought the body of Jesus Christ, Jehovah himself was tabernacled in him. And through the bursting of that blood cell at Calvary might bring sons and daughters to himself in the blood cell. Through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and himself. And we become a part of God. Humans give birth to humans. Dogs to dogs, cats to cats, God to gods. Come on now. Amen. You're born of the spirit of God. Sons of God. Oh, he says, he said, now that's what makes the Satan mad. That's what shakes him when the church of Jesus Christ only know who there were. Brother, oh, you say, I know there's nothing impossible with God. He says, there's nothing impossible to you. See, amen, that changes the subject, doesn't it? Oh, they say, there's nothing impossible to God. He said, there's nothing impossible with you whatsoever you desire. When you pray, you believe you receive it and you shall have it. That's the Bible, ain't it? Amen. He said the Pentecostals, those who receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and that makes them a part fellowship in relationship with God that's born again, a son or daughter and daughter of God. Tell them out of the Bible, and they'll believe it. Amen. How many will believe it tonight? Amen. You say, but the thing of it is, they forget who they are. They think well I don't know. Brother, you that's born again are sons and daughters of God, coequal with Jesus Christ in his presence. My oh my, that's what makes the devil angry is let the church realize who they are. Yeah. Come on. This is what he you, you said, Brother Tim, that's too strong a language. A co-equal with Jesus Christ? Come on, get real, Brother Tim. Listen, the Bible said he made you an heir and a joint heir. Amen. A joint heir is an equal heir. Whatever he has, you got. Whatever he, he said is yours too. Whatever belongs to him is yours also. You're an heir and a joint heir. Oh, that ought to put some dancing shoes on somebody tonight to realize I'm a son of God. I'm a child of the most high God. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, makes a devil angry. Then let the church of God know, realize who they are. Oh, you great living church of the living God. You who have claimed to have kissed the blessings off the rim of the cup. Sometimes I wonder if God could ever take this gospel and shake you to a place till you realize who you are and the rights you have, the God-given privileges. Amen. Well, I'm going to set a very high calling for you because, friends, we ain't seen a divine healing movement like we're fixing to see. Amen. Missing limbs are coming back. Are you with me? Amen. And the old is going to come young again. There won't be a feeble one among us. And if we can't believe for divine healing now, how are we going to believe for rapture and faith? How are we going to believe for the change of our body? So the church has got to preach divine healing because it's the earnest of our resurrection. Listen to his words. Satan doesn't have one right of nothing. Amen, Amen. you ought to stand up right now tonight and say, Satan, you have no right to my body. Hallelujah. It is the purchased possession of Jesus Christ. He bought it, he paid for it, and you have no right, you have no right to my body. You have no right to my soul. You have no right to my spirit. I am the purchase of God. Satan has no right of nothing. He's only a bluff. He was stripped of everything he had at Calvary when he taken the sinner's place and died at Calvary. Satan has no legal rights over nothing no more but everything lays in the hands of the church and the believer. That's it. Satan has lost. Hallelujah. Satan has lost and he's nothing but a bluff. He's lying to you, trying to tell you you can't be healed. He's lying to you, trying to tell you you can't be saved. He has no jurisdiction in this land. Hallelujah, this land, this promised land that we are in, he has no jurisdiction in this land. He has no right to any of the people in this land. This is God's land. This is where the people of the book have returned back to the land of the book and Satan has no right in this land. In this land, you're more than a conqueror. Inside this land, a promise there is a Holy Ghost that liberates you from sin and that will heal you of your sickness. Hallelujah. I'm not quite through, but you can keep standing. Amen. I've got just a couple of more things I want to tell you because I'm coming right back to you this. This is the promised land of the Bible. Amen. And we have come to know the God of the Bible. And his name, hallelujah, is the only compound name in the, old, the whole New Testament. The Lord Jesus Christ. Say it in any language you want to, it's all the same. And demons tremble at that name. Amen, I'm closing on this scripture. Philippians 2 and 9. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Hallelujah, you just name a devil tonight. You name any spirit of torment. I want to tell you tonight, amen, his name is greater than lust. His name is greater than sodomy. His name is greater than perversion. His name is greater than homosexuality. His name is greater than drugs. His name is greater than alcohol. His name is greater. You name it. You name it. His name is greater than at the name of Jesus. Every knee has to bow and every tongue has to confess, He's ruler, He's Lord over all. Hallelujah! That's one round. Let me tell you the other His name is greater than cancer. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, the cancer demons would start screaming to one another, calling for help. Help me make him disbelieve. Come on. Amen. The demon screamed out in our generation at the name of Jesus because his name is greater than cancer, his name is greater than diabetes. Amen. It's greater than arthritis. His name is greater than bipolar. Amen. His name is greater than depression. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I don't care how old you are. You might be past 90 tonight, but it don't make any difference. With the word of God, his name is greater than any infirmity. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. His name is higher than any name. There's nothing that can stand before that name tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Raise your hands to God right now. I want you to believe with all your heart, with everything that's within you. Amen. Love him with all your soul right now. Amen. Begin to praise the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We were singing that song about him being an awesome God. I want us to sing that. He's awesome. His name is awesome. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. He's our savior. He's our king. He's greater than any problem you got tonight. He's greater than any sickness. This name of Jesus holds no boundaries. You can speak that name and it'll travel for thousands of miles around the globe and find its mark. This name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jehovah Savior. Jehovah Deliverer. El Shaddai. Adonai. Melchizedek. ever name that is named, his name is greater. His name is higher. He's God. Hallelujah. Lock yourself in right now and believe you got a need in your life. You out there listening in right now, you got a need in your life. I don't care what it is. Your ears can come open in the name of Jesus. Vertigo that's bothering you can go. Whatever your situation is, I don't care how long you've been a cripple, you can walk. Amen. Amen. He's God. He's bigger than any problem you could have. He's God over all. That at the name of Jesus every knee has to bow and every tongue confess we come back to this land to know the God of the Bible who he is who is he who is he oh he's the mighty one he's your shield your buckler the Lord of hosts the Lord of armies he's Alpha the Omega he's the beginning he's the end He's the root. He's the offspring. Hallelujah. He's the bright the morning star. He is the lily in your valley. He's everything you could need ask far and more. Jesus. Now, at the name of Jesus, the devil that has tormented you has got to go. We're going to pray for you tonight. We're going to believe God as we pray dear God we submit ourselves right now to the word of God and to the promise of the Lord your name is higher than any kind of name that we could name sickness cancer disease whatever it is your people have been tormented and Satan has no right to this land in this land he don't have a possession Adam gave this earth over to him, but we'll never give this land over to him. It's our inheritance. So, Lord, tonight we submit ourselves to you right now in the name of Jesus. We're yours. Right now we just say, Lord, in submitting, we repent. We've acted any way we shouldn't have. We've been conceited. We've been any kind of way we should have shouldn't have been, Lord, right now. We just want to be make everything right and under the blood. Amen. There'd be no hindrance. No hindrance. You just pray right now, just a little prayer. Say, Lord, I want everything under your blood right now. Everything. Everything. Every habit, everything, every spirit of things I've done, I don't want that anymore in my life. I just repent of it right now. Amen. Because when we pray, every spirit's gotta come subject to the name of Jesus. If you got anything to forgive another, forgive it now. Just let it go. It ain't worth it. Huh. Why would it worth it be you staying in bondage? Because of some little odd that you wouldn't let go of. Let go of it right now. Now I want you to say, Lord, I give you my complexes, my weaknesses. I'm not worried about my faith right now. I'm just believing of your faith. Really, faith is just having confidence that God will do what he said. That's all faith is. It's just having confidence that God will do what he said. So, you got faith tonight, don't you? Will you confess that tonight? Will you raise your hands to God? I have faith because faith is having the confidence God will do what He said. That's what faith is. And I believe Him right now. Now, Satan, you have lied to God's people. Satan, you've tried to tell them it ain't God's will to heal. And we have showed tonight by divine word of God. That it's God's will to heal every one of them. That God's people would walk in deliverance tonight. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I come against you, Satan, and I bind you. I bind your spirit of unbelief. Your powers of darkness, you have no right to this land. You are are not welcome in this land. You have no legal rights. You don't belong to us. You don't belong to our bodies. Our bodies do not belong to you. Now in the name of Jesus Christ, that is the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee has to bow and every tongue has to confess, I command you to lead these people now in Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Glory to God. Now I want you to start responding the same way. Hey Amen. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. Hey Amen. Go to confessing it right now. I believe it. I'm putting it into action right now. I'm going to praise him for. I feel anything. It ain't based on my feelings. It's based on what he said. I'm accepting that word of promise right now in the name of Jesus Christ. is awesome. He can move mountains. Keep me in the valley. Hide me from the rain. My God is awesome.